You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome to the Health Hub on Radio Maria Canada, exploring cutting-edge health and wellness information and therapies, helping you to take your health to the next level. I'm Kathy Biasa, your host. I'm a holistic nutritionist and a professional cancer coach. So moms, do any of these things sound familiar? Babies should sleep alone to foster independence. The family bed is nurturing and provides a sense of safety and comfort. I want to go back to work, but should I be at home with my child instead? Breast is best, but it just isn't working for me. Will my child hit the milestones at the right time? My life as a mom is really not Instagram worthy. And this is just a snippet, a snippet of the exhaustive list of situations and scenarios that bombard moms every day, leading them to constantly worry about making mistakes and the desire to get everything right. This is mommy guilt. It's that pervasive feeling of not doing enough or not doing the right things or making the right decisions that could possibly mess up our kids and their future. And that's the topic that we will be addressing today with our guest, Dr. Benita Vernado. Dr. Vernado, or Dr. V, as she is commonly known, completed her OBGYN residency at Tulane University in New Orleans. After almost 20 years of service, she is now focused on lifestyle-based treatments to help others achieve optimal mental health and physical well-being. The catalyst for this amazing career move was through her podcast, where she not only educates women about their gynecological health and how their bodies function, but also about their overall health and wellness. This is a topic that is not often talked about too much. It's something that, you know, deserves a conversation for sure. So many of us as women and as moms are torn between personal feelings, feelings for our children, personal um, goals that we'd like to set for ourselves and, and trying to set ourselves apart as mom, as person, as the care provider, and, and just the overall, um, the overall of worry that we're, we're going to not give our kids the best of us. And it's a topic we are not going to find the absolute answers to for sure. But again, it's a topic well worth discussing. We're going to talk about why so many women suffer from mommy guilt. Uh, what are the main catalysts that drive women to these feelings? And are there or what are some steps that we can take to lessen these guilty feelings before they become serious? Please do stay tuned with us. We will be back to talk with Dr. V in just a few minutes.
song ago foretold his birth he became the living word to show the human heart it's worth the woe whether i'm in want or plenty whether i'm in health or ill our god promises his children he will he will he'll bind Are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. Today's show is being recorded, so no opportunity for calling in. Please do follow us on our social sites. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we are at the Health Hub RMC on all of those locations. Dr. V, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's an interesting topic we're going to be getting into from a very interesting guest, let me tell you. Um, You transitioned from obstetrics, OBGYN, into the path that you're in now. Tell us about your transformation. What gave you the the impetus for change? Mm. 
the impetus for change. I think my uh, impetus for change was a lot of people's uh, COVID. COVID really kind of slowed my life down and I liked it. And I realized that I missed out on a lot. So as an OBGYN, you know, you're in the office, you do surgery, you're in the hospital delivering babies, which that's what drew me to the profession. And also, you know, working with women, uh, I absolutely loved it, but it does require a lot of your time. And so, you know, I, I always wanted to be an OBGYN, but I never, I never saw it. I never saw me doing the profession as a mother and as a wife. And so when those things came into the equation, I really started to get torn. And I had been feeling that way for a long time. You know, my husband was a stay at home dad because we wanted um, at least one of us to be at home with the children. And I love him and he's great, but there are things that that he does as a dad (laughs) that I wouldn't do as a mom. And so I found myself, you know, I call it working my first shift. I come home and do the second shift and then I would do my work stuff later at the end of the day. Um, And I would be up till one o'clock at night sometimes. And so the blessing in COVID was that my work hours were shortened. So we only saw patients from 8 a.m. to uh, 1 p.m., I was able to get my work done before I came home. And when I came home, my family, we were all there together. We were playing games. I would help out with homework or whatever. And I really realized that I was missing that part. On top of it, my son at that point was in ninth grade, and I realized that he's not going to be here for much longer. My daughter is younger, um, but I know that once kids leave the house, they're gone. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't want to miss I didn't want to miss any more of that time with my family. That's a that's a lovely transition for you. And it is so true as uh, you know, as a mom of four and my kids, I've got a married son who is expecting a child, another daughter getting married. Yeah. You know, that old saying of the days go by like years and the years go by like days. It is so true. Um, yes. And, you know, it's actually a topic for a different show. I kind of wrote down the title here. You know, dad is mom versus mom is mom is different. Right. Dad is dad. Dad is dad. Mom is mom. And yes. I think there have been books written about this. But, you know, when we get into the topic of motherhood and then our topic today, kind of focusing on this area of mummy guilt, can you elucidate for us what you really took in personally as dad being mom versus dad should have been dad and where you feel you were different, not better than, but different and what you needed to bring to the show? It's interesting. Now that I'm home more, I see what I bring to our home a lot clearer than I did when I was working. Uh, there's a sense of order. And I, I, I can't say I'm the most organized person, but you know, we're going to go to the doctor. My daughter has to get allergy shots. You have to get them on this particular day. Uh, my husband sometimes would miss it <laughs> for two weeks without getting it. You know, we're going to come home and we're going to on Mondays, we're going to, you know, clean the sheets. We're going to vacuum and trying to implement, you know, routines and really kind of just rear the children. One thing that used to burn me up, really burn me up, especially when COVID, when they were doing remote learning, is that I was working 
And, you know, our office hours kind of picked up by then. They were doing remote learning. I would come home. They hadn't done their homework. They hadn't done it. And so I'm like, I've worked all day and now I'm doing homework. And my husband said, well, I checked on them. I asked them (laughs) if they did it. But, you know, there's a difference in asking them if they did it and the kids saying yes, as opposed to going through and looking at the work. Um, And, you know, I found this is very common. You know, I would talk with some of the other working moms, you know, in the doctor's lounge, and they were having some of the same struggles that, you know, yes, men and women are different. I, I really would sum it up as saying, you know, we focus on the details. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of cases, the details matter. They do. And, you know, this isn't a wrap against dads for sure. I think having two separate lanes is what makes things work. Yes, 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 yes. Um, yes. So again, I I think I can go. I I was going to say, I'm sorry to interrupt because my husband will probably listen to this. He's great. (laughs) I think they need the balance. He's a lot more relaxed. I'm a little bit, you know, more structured. And I think kids need both. So, well, that's our household to a T, to a T. (laughs) You know, my kids will say something to my husband. It's yep, yep, yep. And you ask him half an hour later about the conversation and it was Sorry, I didn't really listen. What was going, you know, and, and it's, <laughs> it's, right? it's true. And I think they need the yin yang in the household, right? I really Absolutely. do. Absolutely. Um, are you still practicing uh, OBGYN-ism? So it's really interesting. Uh, people asked me what I was going to do when I left. And I thought that I was going to do locum tenens, which Basically, that is, a, I like to say, a substitute doctor or fill-in doctor. You know, if they need a doctor to cover the clinic or if they need someone to cover a, a weekend call, you know, that's what I thought I was going to do. And ironically, when I left my practice, uh, they got in a bond where they needed someone to, to cover. And so I did that for the last half of the year. And, and um, as of January, I have not practiced. And what I'm doing now is I am I've pivoted towards lifestyle medicine, um, which really incorporates, you know, how to prevent disease, how to improve our lives through lifestyle. And I am now focusing on transitioning to work with burnout physicians. I, I realized that I was burned out. And I when I bring it up to other physicians, uh, they, too, they too are burned out. And we realize that it's a system issue. Uh, but even within the system, you have to protect yourself. So currently I'm coaching. Uh, I have a podcast that I also do uh, that I, I really enjoy. And I'm creating programs and health initiatives uh, to help women and, and burned out women, moms, physicians, etc. Which is a very key area, you know, phys- uh, physician burnout. We have covered that a while ago on the show. And uh, I'm not a physician. I'm not in the medical space. I'm in the integrative space. And I can certainly appreciate where that comes from, uh, especially going through COVID. I mean, we've all had uh, burnout to some degree, but the sure, physicians sure. that have had to transition and endure and support as well as our nurses, um, I can't yeah. even fathom. I can't even fathom mm-hmm. the burnout mm-hmm. and the transition, um, you know, with this, I don't know if it's, if it's the same where, where you are, but, you know, with the virtual 
appointments and things like that. I, I feel that some <laughs> we're not even, you know, doctors are, uh, family doctors are more shunting out um, their, their patients uh, to the specialists, which is putting a load on that end. So yes, a space yeah. that I think um, you have very intuitively and cognitively gone into that is going to be very, very helpful for the people you touch. Now you Thank are you. in the, the women's space and we started off talking about balance with uh, career and home life. Do you find when you're working with women, so we're talking about mommy guilt, um, is it really more apparent with moms than uh, daddy guilt? Do you see a very distinct difference in the, the mental spaces of parents? <laughs> you know, it's funny. This is kind of answering your question, but I realized that we are different um, from the very beginning before the child even gets here. And so women are concerned about, you know, they're concerned about their health and where's the child going to go to daycare and, you know, the nursery. And sometimes they'll get upset because they feel like their husband doesn't care. And I said, he has a different set of worries. He's worrying about how to pay for all of this. He has to provide for it. And so I feel like men carry, they, they have their guilt and their burdens too. Um, but women, you know, just we, we are the, the backbone of the family. Um, traditionally, and, and I am saying this as a generalist, but it wasn't the case in my home, but traditionally, um, you know, men are seen as the providers and the woman takes care of the home. That is definitely changing, but our mindsets haven't changed. Mm. Our mindsets haven't changed. And, and I know that for a fact because I didn't change. I, I'm working. I mean, there's sometimes, Kathy, that I didn't even come home. I was on call the night before and, you know, I didn't even get to come home and I went straight to work. Um, But yet I I thought, you know, gosh, my house isn't clean and oh, the dishes aren't done and I didn't have anything cooked. And it's like, how would I? How would I? Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I know that we expect a lot of ourselves and and we carry the load. My mom, <laughs> one time when I was, I guess, complaining, she just had to stop me. And she said, they do have a daddy. <laughs> <laughs> they do have a daddy. He can do something, too. And so, you know, like I said, I, I think we all as parents, you know, any loving parent, you know, you, you want to do your best. And sometimes you feel you're falling short of that. But I think for women, we've learned to carry the load and feel like we've got to do it all. Mm-hmm. And women's roles have changed far more dramatically over the years oh, than, yes. than men's roles. Is it a question of wanting to have it all and that being a just too high of a goal? <sighs> I, you know, people have asked that before and you know, I like the saying, you can have it all, but not at the same time. And very good. You, you can have it all, but you do have to create. First of all, you have to know what you want. You have to know what you want. I mean, honestly, you know, in hindsight, like I said, I didn't I didn't plan on being a doctor and a mother. I didn't put those two things together. But after I had children, Honestly, I wanted to be home more than at work sometimes. Mm-hmm. 
And and have, having it all at that time would have been, you know, maybe doing part time or doing something different that would have allowed me um, to be at home more. Um, like I said, if you can't, if you're on call and you're asleep in the hospital, how can you read bedtime stories? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's that's not every night and that's not all of the time. Um, but, you know, it really is going to take a lot of effort and, you know, kind of looking at harmony, right? Trying to see, you know, where you can um, can balance both. And, and what you want, as you are as you are showing us without specifically saying it, can change <laughs> as life moves yes. forward, right? Yes, 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 yes. So is yes. it a continual reevaluation of goals, objectives, priorities, would you say? It is, absolutely. But at the same time, you have to, the first thing you have to do is allow yourself to acknowledge that you've changed. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, I've. It, it took me 12 years to become an OBGYN, 12 years. So, you know, I was questioning myself, how dare I spend all of this time and all of this money? And, you know, and I've got patients who are depending on me, you know, why would I want to stay at home? You know, and it's like, it's okay to want to be a mother. You can do both. Mm-hmm. I, I I haven't given myself or I, before I transitioned out, I was, um, I was playing the role that I thought society, my family, my community expected of me. I played, I did that. And it got to be incongruent with really who I was. And it was really, it was really taking a toll on me mentally. Um, I really just, I really just longed for something different. I wanted out. And I feel like if I would have acknowledged that I had the desire earlier, I think I could have done a balance so that um, I wouldn't have gotten into that space. What would you say is a central definition of mummy guilt? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Uh, Mommy guilt is, I I think, very simply, you are lamenting over what you thought you should have done uh, that maybe you could not have done and not accepting uh, that, you know, doing your best is okay. So when you're working with women who are going through periods of insecurity, through transitions, you know, somewhat similar to yours, where they're trying to find purpose, um, what is your introductory approach? How do you talk to these women at the get-go? Usually, especially, you know, in my practice, there's a sign that something is off. There's a sign that something is off. And simply asking, you know, is this the life that you want? Are you happy? You know, really basic, simple questions. And if those are answered honestly, which I would ask my patients often, you know, the answer is no. Okay, so then if it's not what you want, how do we get there? And what I find is that you have to dream first without limitations. 
you know, so for example, okay, I want to be at, at home with my kids every night, I'm sorry, three nights a week, but I can't do that because I've got call and I've got to finish up my notes. No, just kind of just put out there what you want first, what you want first, and then think about taking baby steps to make it happen. A lot of times the things that I thought I could not do, I could, I just had to make some concessions in other areas. Is there a drill down period for a lot of women, like even admitting the fact that maybe if you look at someone who wants to maybe get out of the house versus you coming into the house, uh, but I guess it'd be the same idea. Is there yeah. a, a, a sense of guilt in just admitting that, that you have to get over sometimes? <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And I I think, you know, that some of um, postpartum depression is that here's a child that I loved that I thought, you know, I waited so long for. And now I need a break from from my my baby. Mm -hmm. I want to I need to get away. And I don't think and I don't know where we get this from. Um, I really don't. I don't know where we feel like we always have to be present doing any one thing all the time. You know, burnout, when you get burned out, you're not as productive. You're not as compassionate. You don't care and you're tired. And so pulling away does allow you to be better at all of those things or to reverse those things. Uh, I think you're hitting on something that's really important. We have to give ourselves permission that it is okay to step away, step away from your job, step away from your, you know, a stay at home mom, you know, step away from saying yes to everybody, step away from, you know, PTA or being on all the committees. Like it is okay to step away and carve some time out for yourself. You know, it it takes a few years. It takes wisdom and, you know, it takes people that have gone through it like you, to be able to share that with other women, because I think we are, you know, I don't know what the ideal mom is and I don't think anybody knows what the ideal Mm. mom is. And I think (laughs) from group to group, the ideal mom changes. And I think this guilt that we put upon ourselves to be, you know, the best and the most perfect, um, it doesn't behoove our children. It doesn't bode well for our family in general. And I think with you working with women early on, this can plant the seeds of a much more happy home life. Because I think, and we'll talk about it the second half of the show, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. I think as women cultivate their own identity and purpose within themselves, uh, outside the home, inside the home, really defining for themselves what they feel their purpose is, I think once we get to that point, um, the guilt can go away a little bit. And it's almost, you know, having children watch their moms develop personally, change, take on tasks, take on different roles, handle things head on, um, Mm -hmm. and work through this mummy guilt. You know, children are observant. Isn't it wonderful what our children can learn? If I didn't know what it hurt like to be broken, then how would I know what it feels like to be whole? 
If I didn't know what it comes like to be rejected Then I wouldn't know the joy of coming home Maybe it's okay if I'm not okay Canada, a Catholic voice wherever you are. To contact us and be a part of the show, email thh at radiomaria.ca. We now continue with the program. Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. We're having a great conversation here with Dr. V. Uh, we're going to center back here on moms and talk about mommy guilt and burnout. Um, Dr. V, what are the the classic signs of burnout or, or guilt, uh, the point where, you know, you can step in and really help moms. Absolutely. Well, just let me say, I would love to prevent burnout, but it isn't always so obvious. Um, but when you get to the point that you don't care or you don't give a crap (laughs) or, you know, when it frustrates you that your kids are asking for certain things like, oh, gosh, I got to go change their diaper. Oh, my gosh, they're asking me to feed them. You know, it's like, of course, they're asking you to feed them. <laughs> when the littlest things are, are getting on your nerves, um, when you can't find peace, 
Um, sometimes you develop anxiety around certain situations. You're fatigued. Sleep is important, but when you're sleeping too much, when you're in the bed, um, if you have that luxury, if you can, if you're sleeping too much, um, that can also be a sign. I think one important thing um, to realize is when you've kind of lost that spark. And that's what that's where the term burnout comes from. You know, you had a flame, you had a flicker and it's gone. And so when you lose the passion and the joy um, and you kind of pull away from it and don't want to be with it, um, that can that can be a sign. The flicker, the and this can happen at any time. So we're not just talking. We just did a wonderful show on postpartum planning. Um, And wouldn't it be lovely if in the parenting plan, we had this in place, right? Um, I think that's asking probably a little bit too much because there's so much going on. But, you know, if we're touching new moms here and, you, you know, this this can be something that you can at least start thinking about, start seeing the signs about. But um, this can happen at any age of your child, right? We're not just talking about right after birth. It can happen at any time in your child's life, correct? Correct. And it's really funny as I, you know, as I transitioned out, it wasn't a secret. We told my patients and a lot of my older patients said, you're smart to do this. And I would ask why. And they would always say, you know, you think that your kids don't need you at all when they're, you know, become getting older, but now they need you more. They're in adolescence. They're trying to find their identity. Um, You know, they become curious with sex and drugs and they need a presence there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm just now entering that phase. And I think I see what they're saying. I'm needed. I'm not needed the same way I was needed when they were babies, but I'm still needed in a different way. And depending on how you approach uh, providing that need for your children, um, you can get burnout in that way as well. Absolutely. Um, we're talking mental burnout here versus the physical mm-hmm. burnout that no mm-hmm. probably burnout the in the sleep same deprivation. Space. Yeah, the cause <laughs> the cause of the guilt and burnout. It does right. change. It does change yeah. from the physical, uh, the and I tell you the mental piece is exhausting. And yes. that even yes. transitions as they're older. Um, because then you have to sort of sit back and let them adult themselves with trying not to say anything. It is, yeah, it is, it is a transition. Uh, I do admire you for making the change. Um, and, and you've got that career you can always go back to on a full-time basis. You've Absolutely. set things up perfectly. And Absolutely. isn't that nice to talk to women about, you know, set yourselves up so that, you know, maybe later on you can come back and, and it's, it's, a, it's not all or, or nothing, correct? Correct. And it's so funny. It wasn't until I started looking into this that I found women that did exactly that. They did exactly that. There were physicians, they were trained, and they took a few years off. They did it. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, where were these women (laughs) when I was struggling with my kids, you know, when they were toddlers? Uh And, And you know, it's it's not an easy transition to get in and out of, but it can be done. And just knowing that it could be done, you know, would have given me a lot of comfort. You know, I tried a lot of things. I tried part time and really 
you know, there's really no such thing as part time. And <laughs> other women that have done it, they say you just get paid less, but you're still spending <laughs> just mm-hmm. as much time. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you're not seeing as many patients, but you still have the calls, you still have the labs. Um, and so I, I've seen that in a lot of professions that part time isn't part time. And so, you know, knowing that that there are options, knowing that that you can do something different um, is 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 huge. It's huge. And, and, you know, you have the wisdom to pass on to your daughter. And maybe that sort of maybe we're that sandwich phase mm. of, of womanhood. Right. Mm. You know, as yeah. as my daughters are getting older, they want to have children. And that is a focus for them. And, yeah. you know, again, as they get older, my tongue gets shorter. I bite it a lot. I try not to oh. say as much as I should. But the one thing that I'm trying to tell my girls is set yourself up. So we have this beautiful space of online now. So figure out where maybe you can transition online for that period of time that right. you want to spend with your kids. Right. And, and that's your wisdom coming through to people. And these are practical things, but you also deal a lot with, would you call them ethereal, the ethereal piece of of personality and 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 mummyhood, the spiritual aspect of of it. Um, now, I know this isn't for everybody. Um, spirituality has many different faces, but in your personal um, life and in your personal dealings with women, how has spirituality and belief beyond self helped to oh, wow. you know with this transition? Yeah, and I, I like how you said, you know, it's not for everybody and you give the space to say, you know, maybe you can choose to accept it or not. Mm-hmm. However, especially in obstetrics, you know that there are some things that are out of your control. They just are. And having to rely, having to feel like you have to control everything and you can control everything, um, it gets really, really heavy. And so, you know, I, I believe uh, in a higher power. I call that higher power God. I am Christian. But I knew when I found out how, you know, egg and sperm comes together and makes a person, I said, that's, <laughs> how does that happen? Uh, And, you know, honestly, you know, understanding that you don't have to bear the burden of everything um, really frees you up. I believe that I'm here to to steward these children, but they're a spirit and they have their own gift to provide to the world. And my higher power put them here. And he is going to make sure he or she is going to make sure that they're on the path that they need to be on uh, so that they can fulfill that purpose. So, yes, I've got to feed them and clothe them and and provide a a good example. But there is a higher power, a higher power that is helping me. Uh, It's not all on my husband and myself. And. I will just tell you this transition, I could not have done it if I relied on myself because understand what I I feel that God called me out. There's no way that I could step away as a breadwinner. And my husband was not working. (laughs) 
It's like, you want me to do what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want me to stop not working. Okay, so how are we going to meet our needs? There were things that clearly, clearly um, that were obstacles financially. Like there's something called tail insurance. I thought I was going to have to pay $70,000. That was removed. Long story, but I didn't have to pay it. Um, I didn't know exactly what I was going to do when I left. Two weeks after I left my job, they called me right back and paid me more than I would have gotten <laughs> had I continued to work there. Um, so there are things that have happened in my life to know that um, I'm not going to fail. That doesn't mean my life is going to be without challenge, um, but that I'm going to be OK. And somebody um, is there guiding me, leading me and wants the best for me. And that's very um, comforting. How do you introduce that to someone who hasn't really considered this? You know, when I hear of of younger people, people having in the like my my daughter and her age group, basically, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've always been most of us have read up before we have babies and tried to figure out and follow what the science is. Um, but when I I don't recall being as pensive and as studious in motherhood as I find <laughs> women are I now. I know. <laughs> and I just, I just, you know, when I listen to um, younger women talking and the fears they have about, um, you know, birth and, and the child and the child's yeah, health, yeah. you know, when I'm talking to my own family, all I can say is, you know, you just can't worry about that. You just have to trust that trust. things will go well and you have mm-hmm. to trust that whatever will be, will be, and you will be strong enough to handle it. Um, and, right. you know, that's really as far as I go. Um, how do you introduce this concept to people that really it's not, it's not in their headspace yet? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a very good question. I don't think I've been asked that before. Um, I'm in North Carolina. And so traditionally, you know, we are, um, I I think we're at the end of the Bible Belt, but we're in the Bible Belt. So a lot of people are believers. Um, But what I say um, is, do you feel like you're having, it's usually a question of, you know, um, how am I going to do this? Or how am I going to do that? Or there's something wrong with my baby. And you know, just introducing and asking, do you feel like you have to do this on your own? Do you, do you have control over that? If you don't have control, then, then what are we going to do? Who, who's responsible for that or who's in control? And not everybody believes like I believe. And honestly, I don't do a good job of having, letting people have an out because I, I do feel like my spirituality is is integrated into how I care for my patients. Um, but what I will say is that the one time that <laughs> that I think women realize, especially mothers, we're talking about mommy guilt, that you realize that you don't have control is when you're pregnant. I mean, genetically speaking you don't have control over that necessarily what genes are expressed for your child having someone wait for labor oh my gosh everybody wants to be induced 
<laughs> I want to have my baby when I want to have my baby. Uh-huh. Um, but no, your child has an appointed time to appear and that will be. And so, you know, I don't think I do a great job of, of introducing the concept, but understanding that some things are out of our control, I think introduce opens the door that mm-hmm. if I don't have control, something else is in control uh, and it's for my good. I totally agree. How much is family um, support and, you know, raising the child in a village? How much does that help out a mom when she's trying to find her identity and, you know, to stave off negative thoughts? Oh, my gosh, Kathy. I'm so glad you asked this question. I thought we were pivoting and I wouldn't get back to it. But yes, community, community is important. Connections. We saw that with COVID when people were isolated and they got depressed. I had an experience, I think it was within the same week, but very close. I had one patient who was born and raised in Africa and one patient who was born in Laos. They were both women who had had, this was their second child. And I asked, I said, well, did you have postpartum depression with your last pregnancy? What's that? (laughs) The African patient, what's that? I said, well, you know, when you get sad afterwards, <laughs> she's like, I don't I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and they both kind of said they looked at me puzzled and they looked at me puzzled because they have a they really have a village, a community, people that come to them that help take care of the baby that allow them to rest. Um, some women come from countries where they don't have to go back to work right away. Their husbands, you know, are available. And if they're not, their family, the husband's family are helping. It, it, it's everything. It is everything. Thinking you can do this by yourself um, is a setup. It really is a setup. You can't, it, you can't mother all by yourself. I, I, I do not believe. Um, and I, I feel that, you know, your children can benefit from community, Right. They can learn how to be a a member um, of a tribe, per se, um, and help one another. And so it it, it is a setup. I mean, I've had women. Oh, my gosh. I've had I had a dad who his wife had postpartum depression before and he was going to stay home one week and then go back to work. (laughs) And I mean, I had to write his job a letter like, dude, she cannot. You know, she needs support. They don't have anyone here. And she's you're going to leave her at home with two children. One is a newborn and she's sleep deprived. It's a setup. And, you know, I don't want to get on my soapbox, but our culture really isn't set up. Um, It's really not set up to support the rearing of a child. Mm -hmm. Um, It it really isn't. Um, Our expectations of of ourselves and and our jobs. I mean, like you said, the role of a woman has changed. So, you know, before it was unheard of that you would leave your newborn at six weeks. I've had moms who've gone back to work at three weeks, at three weeks. That's, that's, that's not even natural. You're supposed to be breastfeeding the child. Um, so yes, I got off the subject, but yes, community is important and it doesn't have to be family. If you're in an area where you don't have biological family, you can create a support system of friends, of, you know, support groups, church groups, 
moms at school or moms at daycare. Um, they're definitely, um, if you look for those opportunities, they're definitely available. And, and it's key, I think, to your sanity mm-hmm. <laughs> and your success. I agree with you. And I think sometimes that in and of itself is the hardest learning curve for new moms. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't, you know, you know, the goal is always right. Preventative. You don't want to get yourself into that space where now you're, you're swimming to try and get your head above water. But mm-hmm. I do think mm-hmm. that, as you mentioned, we are set up where mom is supposed to be super mom. And I think a yeah. lot of new moms have this idea that, you know, they should do it on their own because that's the way it's supposed to be. And look back, looking back traditionally, that was never the way it was. Um, and, no. and you want your child no. to have different relationships. You want your child to experience different people. And this is the basis of socializing your child. And it's also, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to tell your parents everything. You want them to have someone they can trust outside of outside mom and dad. Of, yep. And, and exactly. I, you know, I, I truly, I think the space that you're moving into here is, again, so underserved, so many spaces that we talk about on the show that are underserved. And I, you know, I applaud you for what you're doing. Now, do you do any virtual work if people want to get in touch with you? Absolutely. Um, I am available um, for coaching virtually. Uh, I am not currently um, practicing lifestyle medicine virtually, but that's something that I hope to move into. But I I think through my burnout coaching, that will incorporate um, the lifestyle medicine piece very nicely. Um, They can go to my website, officevisitswithdrv.com, and hit on the coaching tab, and they can set up a a free interview um, with me um, to discuss that. Well, wonderful. Congratulations on your transition. Congratulations on feeding yourself and your person and all the best with this new venture that you are embarking upon. Thank you, Kathy. It was such a pleasure to have you, Dr. V. Uh, Everybody, I hope you enjoyed this great conversation and we will all talk to you next week on The Health Hub. Hosted by Kathy Biasi here on Radio Maria Canada.